Good afternoon and welcome to this live edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. On this Wednesday, I'm Byron Tyler. We have a partly cloudy sky, 87 degrees, looking for a 40% chance of showers tonight. 60% chance of showers on Thursday. This is the remnant of uh, what was slightly a hurricane for a limited amount of time. Uh, Mostly, I believe, a tropical storm, Gordon. By the way, you might not know this, but my middle name is Gordon. And uh, (laughs) I was named after my dad. But the storm is is moving off. We might get a little bit of rain from that, but we can also pray for our friends on the Gulf Coast. Anytime a storm like that moves through, it takes power off, and it kind of changes living conditions for a little while. And having lived on an island myself for about three years, we went through uh, typhoons. And in that part of the world on Guam, they call them typhoons instead of hurricanes. And we were in some that were pretty powerful. I remember one in particular was rated pretty serious, 198 miles an hour sustained winds. And it took like uh, nine hours for the uh, storm to pass over an island about uh, six or eight miles wide, 30 miles long. And so you can imagine it was a double wall eye storm, too, which was kind of unique. I remember not having power for 30 days, no water for about four days. Anyway, we know different places uh, get impacted in different ways. But anyway, uh, have a little bit of sensitivity toward people when you're living close to the ocean, which I love, by the way. But also it has its uh, challenges when it comes to storm time. But today I'm really looking forward to introducing two of our friends. Kim Carbo is no stranger to Mid-South Viewpoint. It's been a little while since Kim has been with us. And before we say any more and introduce the rest of our show, I do want to stop a second and say hi to our friends on Facebook. We are doing a live Facebook feed. I've got one of my dear friends, Wendy, who's watching right now from Nicaragua. She's online, so I want to say hi to Wendy. Hi, Wendy. Glad you're watching us. But, Kim, how long has it been since you've been on? Has it been more than a year? I'm not sure. It's about a year, I think. It's been too long. I know you've been on the go. You've been out of the country. A lot. Kim is the CEO and founder of Women of Hope International, an organization that empowers women with disabilities. If you don't know anything about Women of Hope, just hang on to your seat because we're going to talk about it for the next half hour. But how are you doing? How's your family and everybody doing? Good. We're all doing well. And yeah, there's a lot of exciting things happening with Women of Hope and uh, not just just women anymore either, just really looking more at empowering local churches to really meet the needs of people with disabilities, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about too. We're going to. And I'm going to attempt to introduce our next guest. I have no problem with her first name. It's Jackie. But it's, uh, help me out here. I'm going to say it. Uh, Jackie Niamum. Hold on. Don't say anything. Jackie Niamutumbu. Close enough. Yeah. Thank you for being (laughs) gracious. She's very forgiving. Uh, Jackie Hey, we're going to stop while we're ahead. Anyway, Jackie is from Zimbabwe, yeah. and she speaks English better than I speak Zimbabwe, okay? So anyway, Jackie, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. They were giving me these lessons before the show, trying to help me to say the name. I got it good for a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. But then I just butchered it. I knew I was going to do that. It's all right. It's a mental thing. It's okay. Hey, we're so glad that you're here. And you were telling me that you live for a short time down in Conway, Arkansas. Yes, I went to a small school called Hendricks College. 
You would Conway, say hi to your friends down there. We actually have listeners in Conway, Arkansas. Oh, hello, Conwayans. I am yeah. Jackie, and I'm so excited. I moved to Memphis. I'm kind of a deceiver. I apologize. I still love Conway, though. <laughs> Conway is just right there by Little Rock, Arkansas, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a pocket there where you can actually hear our radio station when you travel down 40 to Little Rock. And uh, one of our friends called me right in the heart of rush hour traffic in Little Rock, said, hey, I'm listening to 640. comes in real strong. We're very mindful of those listeners, too. But uh, you came to go to school from Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I moved to the United States for school, and then I moved to Memphis uh, to do a Christian discipleship uh, and Bible training course and while I was and we can say downline downline yeah Ken and Vaughn is one of our good friends who's been on here many times that's awesome and pastor of the Harvest Church in town Mm -hmm. what a great organization oh yes definitely so and they actually connected me to Women of Hope I found out about Women of Hope uh, pretty much as I was moving here to do downline and um, always being passionate about women and vulnerable populations and Africa and uh, the gospel so Women of Hope is a wonderful organization that kind of brings all those things together so I'm I'm really grateful for them is it pretty exciting that there are organizations that kind of fit our taste and our skills and our mm-hmm. gift sets that God designs us and, and connects us with those that he can best utilize mm-hmm. those talents yeah. and gifts. Kim? So, yeah, and you've got a medical background because you are a nurse professionally. Yes, I did train as a nurse. I haven't practiced that way for some time, but I did train as a nurse, yeah, and, and did nursing for some time. Now, you actually grew up in Sierra Leone with your parents that were missionaries. Uh-huh. You were about, what, 12 years old when you first went to Sierra? I was I was nine, and I um, worked, I was in Sierra Leone with my parents until from nine until my senior year of high school, and then went back and worked in Sierra Leone as a nurse for three years. And then uh, went later went and worked uh, with another organization doing amputee rehab during the war in Sierra Leone, the Civil War, in the late 90s, early 2000s. And then in 2009, founded Women of Hope and have been working um, in Sierra Leone and other places um, with Women of Hope since 2009. So in our we're in our 10th year now. We'll have our 10-year anniversary. And Kim, I know that one of the things that really touched your heart was the really the plight, I guess, of the women with disabilities, especially in Sierra Leone. Conditions were not good. Many of them were becoming prostitutes, finding no ways to take care of their family. They were outcast from society. That kind of broke your heart. Yeah. You know, growing up in Sierra Leone, I saw people with disabilities and saw uh, a lot of times uh, them living lives as beggars along the sides of the streets. Even when I was a child, I actually was really compassionate toward uh, beggars because we would go into town once a week to do shopping. And um, as a young child, I got an allowance. It was $2, and I would um, set aside my tithe, and then I would set aside that was 20 cents and then the other and I would set aside another 10 cents that I would keep in my beggar fund this is when I was a kid and when we would go into town um, I would take my beggar fund money at that time 10 cents would buy you a big loaf of bread so um, I would take it into town and find who I thought the Lord was leading me to whichever beggar looked most worthy so I would uh, do that so uh, thankfully um, I've I've maybe gained more skill in how to help uh, people uh, in a begging situation in a more sustainable way since yes. then. But, um, but yeah, I think even when I was a kid, that was something that the Lord was uh, impressing on my heart. You know, it's interesting. I spent about nine days in Nicaragua uh, to visit my daughter-in-law's family. We had a wonderful time, and we'd go out to eat. And I noticed that every time that we would finish, and sometimes you can't eat all your food. There's more food on the plate. Typically here in America, we're just 
they take the dishes off and throw it away. Yeah. But my daughter-in-law was so sensitive, and she would make sure that she got everybody's leftovers because there were street children waiting outside. Mm-hmm. And she would go and put her arm around one, talk to one, share the love of Christ, and then give them some food. And that, mm-hmm. that stood out to me, mm-hmm. knowing how mindful that we need to be of the vulnerable mm-hmm. and those who are broken, and especially those who have, even you take that and then put on disabilities. Yeah. Uh, in your country, in Zimbabwe, what is what's your feel and what was your experience with those with disabilities, Jackie? Yeah, and I think in Zimbabwe, much like the United States, people are very compassionate generally. Like there's a pity mentality, which uh, we're actually going to talk a little bit about a training that's coming up where we're like, that's good, but that's not it, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's not where you should stop. But um, really, there's a lot of pity. People pity people with disabilities, so that might help with that mindset. Uh, but uh, often, I think my mom models something great uh, for me personally, where she just loved people with disabilities really well. And because of that, I kind of took that into how I walked and it wasn't necessarily uh, intentional you know where I was thinking about it as intentionally as I do now being part of Women of Hope Uh, but it was just sweet to see her just uh, see people with disabilities as as they are and many times people with disabilities didn't have they were cast out of their families so uh, often not clean, often living on streets, and uh, people would shun them, even out of churches, uh, which is kind of disappointing and a big reason why I think we're trying to move to uh, ministering to churches and ministry partners in Africa because a lot of times that's really a big problem, you know, and that was a problem in my church as well. Uh, So just seeing my mom saying like, hey, if that person's thrown out and if maybe they wanted to pray out loud in church and they were told to shut up uh, when they left the church, my mom would say, you can come and pray for my family. Uh, And that was always very sweet. So I had that foundation, uh, even though I didn't really think about it, that was something that was foundational in my my love and my respect for people with disabilities. Well, you're taking the, the work of Women of Hope International, as you mentioned in a moment ago, to a different level, not just trying to make aware the conditions of women with disabilities and the job skills and the things that you guys do to train women with disabilities to help them provide for their families, whether it be uh, uh, help me out with some of the different uh, skills that you help. Well, we have um, a fair trade initiative where women can come and work at a co-op and uh, create products that we sell here in the States and that they also sell there uh, in a storefront and also um, in other markets in Sierra Leone. And we have um, some economic empowerment grants. We're just starting this month a new program, a scholarship program for girl children. Uh, either who have a disability or whose mother have a disability uh, to help them complete secondary school and go to college so that they actually have skills that they can use to earn a sustainable income. And um, and then just various different kinds of training programs, um, Bible studies, um, just support groups, things like that, just ways to get people connected. Because I think one of the, the biggest... Um, well, maybe not. Well, it is one of the biggest. One of the biggest problems in poverty is just a lack of connections and a lack of, of structure, social structure around you. And so trying to connect people um, who are living in, in poverty, living impoverished lives, but also leading lives of, of real vulnerable uh, situations to connect them with each other and connect them with others who uh, can surround them with just support. You know, when when things go wrong in our lives, we know who we're going to call and uh, who we might be able to lean on when something goes really bad in our lives. We, Most of us here have people like that in our lives. Not everybody does. But for those women in Sierra Leone that we work with, they, they have nobody. When something goes really awry for them, they get evicted from their home or whatever, they, they don't have anybody to lean on. So trying to help them build support systems um, 
to give them support uh, when times are bad, but also just in life in general, you know, to have people to celebrate with, uh, people to do life with. Uh, people to learn from and learn together with. So that's been uh, one really big thing that Women of Hope has done for the women in Sierra Leone. But I think one of the issues that we see um, as really significant, and this is where we've created a little bit of a shift and where the Lord is starting to shift us, is you know there's multiple things that need to be done if, if you're going to work in the lives of people with disabilities. And we're really very intentional about being holistic in the way that we do ministry with people with disabilities. And one of the things I think is that there's two components. There's the people with disabilities themselves that need to rethink who they are and uh, how God has made them and the intentions that he has toward them, the love that he has and the purposes that he has as well. But then uh, alongside that are the people who are surrounding those people with disabilities, whether that's just people in society, um, the, the general community, and the body of Christ. And if the, the thinking processes around disability uh, don't begin to shift in those people as well, then no matter how much I, if I'm a person with a disability, no matter how much I think differently of myself, if those around me continue to see me as either a demon or as cursed, somebody that's cursed by God, that I still am not going to have access to opportunities within the community. So that's that's really where we're seeing that the Lord is asking us to focus a lot of attention right now is on changing those um, underlying worldview issues and helping the people in the body of Christ begin to rethink how they see people with disabilities. And you make a key point, too, when you talk about connecting the church, because I think the church, too, has really maybe in some regards lost its vision for caring for people with disabilities or even maybe having that in their mindset and when they're making plans to do ministry Mm -hmm. or open up ministries that would include even people with disabilities too. Do you see that? Yes, we do. Uh, And like Jackie said, even sometimes we'll see not just shunning within community, but even the church itself shunning people with disabilities, particularly in the developing world. We'll see that where people with disabilities will sort of see the church as maybe a place where they could go and make connections. Sometimes they might see it as an economic opportunity. A lot of people with disabilities will sit outside churches on Sunday mornings waiting to beg from those who've gone to church, hoping that they're feeling like, you know, compassionate that the Lord might lead them to give something since they just came from church. Uh, And so there is some exploitation of of that sort of compassion uh, that takes place as well. But... um, but really just to, to begin to let the body of Christ understand these are people. Uh, they're not somebody waiting to accost you on your way out of church uh, for whatever you're going to give. But this is a human being, a soul yeah. that needs uh, more than just money. Uh, so to try to help people rethink that and see what does the Bible have to say about disability and how does the Bible inform how I should think about people with disabilities and then what I should do as a result of how I think. Jackie, that also kind of includes one of your key roles with Women of International is as you connect with churches here in the states, you know, here church listening right now here in Memphis to help them understand more how they can connect with you at Women of Hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's been such a sweet uh, opportunity to connect with churches and uh, 
it was fun even being in Africa, right? So connecting to churches in the developing world, like doing trainings, uh, helping ministry leaders, even pastors much older than myself, uh, seeing them have revelations like, well, I have not been caring for people with disabilities as much as I should. And then uh, coming on this side of the water and uh, talking to ministry leaders and, and pastors and passionate women and encouraging them uh, to, to pray and to invest and to partner with Wait, us. What's been and, kind of your discernment between the two? I mean, as you look at those, you said, in developing countries, maybe in Zimbabwe or Sierra Leone or other African countries, mm-hmm. how does that compare to the mindset here of the churches when you come here to the U.S.? Yeah, I think um, there's actually a different, it's a different kind of openness on both sides of the water. So I think uh, on this side, because there isn't a lot of stuff being done for people with disabilities. So in, in, the, in the developing world, there's an openness to learn, okay, Lord, what, what, what shall we do, right? Uh, what is our first response? Uh, but then here, uh, it's interesting because there are already, you know, there's uh, a lot of laws in place to protect people with disabilities. And many churches, you know, I don't think there's a single church, or well, hopefully there's not a single church in Memphis without a ramp. Or a church that would allow someone with a disability into their church or smile at them, but there's still a disconnect. Uh, you know, there's still uh, so much more to, to go to consider people with disabilities as co-laborers. So here in the developing world, uh, there's still a lot of groundwork to be done to say, okay, these are image bearers. They're just as important to the Lord as you are. They're made in the exact same image uh, as you are. Uh, they're loved by the Lord just as much as you are. And here, that groundwork may be there, but then now it's okay. So how can we, as people who love the Lord, view people with disabilities as our co-laborers, as our brothers and sisters uh, in Christ, who can also uh, add to the church as much as any other person uh, within the body? So it's been sweet to... uh, it's the same problem, but it's kind of like at different levels, so it right. manifests differently. So what would be some of the training tools, or what would you use to help instruct these churches as they come alongside and support the work that you do at Women of Hope? Uh, particularly in the United States? Right. Yes, yeah, so uh, we have multiple different ways to partner. One of those ways is uh, being a partner in Hope, which is one of uh, my favorite things. So we have a lot of women, a lot of which have gone through our transformation training, which is a discipleship training. Uh, it's a holistic health training, ultimately. So we do everything, uh, but a lot of those women need a lot of prayer support because uh, I think we forget that the work we're doing, there's an enemy who is very much against it. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't want a woman in Sierra Leone to know that they're loved by the Lord. Uh, he doesn't want them to know that they can move from their circumstance. So there's definitely a lot of prayer uh, that we need. So one big way is to be a partner in Hope, uh, which is a small financial investment to Women of Hope uh, monthly, but a greatly more so than that, it's a commitment to pray for one of our women, a uh, commitment to pray t- for our ministry. And you can also partner as a whole church. We always have work that needs to be done at the office. We appreciate as many hands as we can. We're in pretty small staff. So having people come with us and even just allowing us to come and speak to your body about what's going on so that you can know how best to invest because uh, there's always different opportunities that come in, that come up yes. depending on what's needed uh, but we just love it when churches say we want to be one body with the churches uh, in the developing world uh, it's just one of the best things for us too i know that we've talked him about this adoption i mean we, a lot of folks are familiar when we our family does does compassion mm-hmm. and as a child has for several years that we have but you have a program that you can actually adopt some of the women with disabilities you know in some of the places where you minister yeah and that's what jackie was talking about the partner in Hope program yeah. is uh, kind of like a sponsorship program where you it's a specific woman. So and and particularly what she was talking about, linking that with the transformation training that the women go through, uh, the women who are going through this very intensive uh, 
four-month-long training program, we want each of them to have a specific prayer partner that's basically walking that process with them. And that's that's the Partner in Hope program that she's talking about. Now, is that all connected through the website? Is there a number to call? Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Absolutely. If you go on the website, uh, womenofhopeinternational.org, uh, just backslash PIH or Partner in Hope, uh, you you land right on that page and it will tell you everything about the program, how it works, and, and then uh, you can connect with me. Uh, there's an email over there, but you can also just sign up right over there and we'll get everything started for you. So it's a pretty simple process, uh, we, but we just love it. We just had a class graduate uh, in Sierra Leone and man, the testimonies that came out of there were just yeah. so powerful uh-huh. and we know that has so much to do with the prayers of uh, so many saints who are standing with these women. So we'd love for anyone who wants to be involved to get in there. What a great word, Jackie. I know now why you're so glad that she's on board. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just pretty neat how the, you guys connect. How long has it been? Has it been seven years? Has it been more than seven no, years? No, we're in our 10th year. So we have, yeah, our 10 oh year anniversary will you're be already next in 10 June. years. Yeah. That is incredible. And we're going to have some exciting things coming out. Matter of fact, year. there's something coming up in just a few yeah. weeks. Uh, this month, matter of fact, yeah. we want to tell people about. Mm-hmm. Our annual banquet uh, this year's theme is Global Hope. Uh, is going to be September 27th at Second Prez, hosted at Second Prez. And uh, we're really excited this year. We have Gil Odendahl, who is one of the Vice President of Integral Mission at World Relief uh, in Maryland. He's coming to uh, be our keynote speaker. Phenomenal speaker. So just come just to hear him. Uh, and then also there will be an African choir from here in Memphis, Voices of Refuge, will be at the banquet as well, performing. And uh, they're also, also awesome. And, uh, and so... Uh, we're going to be basically sharing some vision about this broader global focus that Women of Hope is uh, is embarking on in the next few years. We were talking about uh, in the conference room earlier, Kim, Jackie, was uh, I know you guys have made an attempt to try to go to some other countries. Mm-hmm. And recently you were denied a visa that Jackie was granted. Mm-hmm. And so you were actually attempting to go to this country to do some training since that didn't work out. But you still was pretty incredible here. There is uh, a lady from this country you were trying to go into. She actually came to Sierra Leone and mm-hmm. was trained there at your home office mm-hmm. in Sierra Leone. You want to kind of give us some details about that story? Because I think it's pretty incredible where Sierra Leone now is becoming like a playout center mm-hmm. where women from all the different nations and countries around the world are coming there to receive the training to be able to go back into their own homelands and offer it to women with disabilities. Yeah, this is a woman who uh, has been connected with our ministry for a couple of years now and has been very faithful in staying connected, um, giving when she can, and uh, and was supposed to help us lead a training and go through the training herself uh, just in July. And when, when we were denied the visas to be able to go and do that training, the Lord just opened up doors for her to be able to come to Sierra Leone, which was also a long dream of hers. She'd been trying to save money so that she could come to, but she's also from a developing country. Uh, so she was trying to save enough money to be able to come to Sierra Leone and see the work that was happening on the ground and partner in some way, really, uh, in a hands-on way. And so now she is going to be sort of our regional coordinator for her area of the world uh, to provide trainings in that area of the, of wow, the world. Wow, that is so exciting. And I want to go back, too, and just and recap something that for our listeners who might not be aware. A few years ago, we talked about this on a program. The Ebola uh, epidemic had broke out pretty severely in West Africa, you know, near mm-hmm. Sierra Leone on and other countries there around Sierra Leone. 
And the Women of Hope ladies were actually trained. You designed mm-hmm. a booklet. It was all a, t- a pictorial tutorial that gave you yep. information on how to take care of yourself, health concerns, what to do about it when it came to Ebola. It was so neat to see your women actually went village to village, town to town, and took this information. Mm-hmm. Over 50,000, I believe, pamphlets or books that were handed out. Yeah, and that, uh, at the time, you'll remember that uh, that lesson and the accompanying booklet that went with it, which was made for illiterate audiences on uh, how to prevent and uh, then identify and protect from Ebola and stop the spread of the disease, was um, basically went viral. I always hate to say that because it sounds like a really bad pun, but um, yeah. went viral. And, good sense. Yeah. yeah, it was. And, uh, and got translated into dozens of languages throughout the African region and even went as far as China um, and some of the Asian areas where there was commerce between West Africa and those countries. And then just in this most recent outbreak in the Congo, we were contacted again and asked if we could, if somebody could utilize that uh, booklet again in another language during this most recent outbreak, just uh, this past couple months, I guess, a couple months ago. Wow. So, yeah. yeah, the Lord continues to use that. It was just really a neat opportunity. That's, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. It really is. Well, listeners, I hope that you will connect with Women of Hope International. Again, there's the website. Women of Hope International dot org is the website, and you can go there and actually see some of the photos that we're talking about on the ground in Sierra Leone. I remember the vision of having the the training center. I remember when it was yeah. just a thought in your mind, right. in your heart. Yeah. Now it's a reality, yeah. Yeah. and so that can be seen. And uh, how's yeah. your mom and dad? Are they still there? No, they're not. They're here. Uh, okay. They're doing great. Uh, but the, and the center is up and running. Uh, the the retreat portion of it does help us generate income. Uh, we rent it out. Uh, mission teams use it a lot. Missionaries in country use it. There's a lot of different uses for that uh, retreat center that are income generation. And then the, the cooperative workshop and training center for the women, the office buildings, and a conference hall that gets rented out, too. So that's also income generating. So it's been a really a, a huge blessing. Yeah. See, listeners, right here in Memphis, we are connecting with these precious people in West Africa. And it's just incredible. Incredible to know that you can help by volunteering locally through the Women of Hope International Office, uh, possibly sending some of your church uh, teams coming together, maybe and creating a group to go and provide help and service, or even just offering that service right here. Is that right, Jackie? Absolutely. We definitely, I think, uh, even as you were mentioning that story about uh, one woman from a different country, like it's so sweet to see the work Women of Hope is doing because God is just flipping the tables. You know, now is the time for us to equip uh, local people in developing nations to send them uh, to nations where the gospel is not. So I'm just so encouraged by the work that we do at Women of Hope uh, because I think that's something God is up to right now. And everyone, churches in Memphis, uh, individuals in Memphis have an opportunity to be part of that exciting exciting season it is so exciting and jackie kim it's been great to have you back don't be strangers you're always welcome you know to come back and And share people are welcome to join us at the banquet if they want to hear more yeah september 27th you need to register though right they do need to register it is free to come but they do need to register on our website so that we have a head count okay that web address again friend is womenofhopeinternational.org womenofhopeinternational.org we're broadcasting this uh, program on Facebook live and it'll be archived there so you can go and go and watch that also on iTunes and Stitcher the audio will be available later but uh, it's been a delight as always to have Women of Hope International here with us well, on Mid-South you, Viewpoint thank you so much thank you 
Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of our program. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you to Facebook friends for watching. Bye-bye now.